Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode here of the Beef Up Front podcast. Here is Ryan Coyle, joined as always by <coughs> Joe Nets for our weekly show, the college basketball top 10 games of the weekend. Our last show of 2022 for college basketball, at least, because next weekend being Christmas, there's only a couple games throughout the whole weekend. I believe I saw uh, DePaul's playing Creighton on Christmas Day, so those poor guys have to go through that. But not much college basketball action next weekend, so we'll be taking next week off, and then the following week we'll be back as well with our uh, college football playoff preview as well. So some exciting shows coming up, but before we get into this week's slate, as always, welcome back, Joe, and how are we? I'm fantastic, Beef, ready to go for another weekend. I'm on my phone today because – it's currently snowing up in Harvey's Lake, and the Wi-Fi is uh, not, you know, doing too hot. So I'm on data, so I might be in and out today. Going to be an interesting sh- show uh, for sure. But uh, let's dive right into it. All right. Well, as we always would do with college football, we will recap the games of the week for – or the games from last week with college basketball. Last week, I went – First week of the season, 17 and 13, 7 and 3 straight up on our picks of our 10 games. So pretty solid there. And Joe, you beat me by one. You went 18 and 12 with our total combined picks for straight up against the spread and over under as well. You went 7 and 3 straight up too. So pretty good start there for, uh, like we were kind of touching on last week, starting to get our feet wet more, I guess, with more college basketball as we phase out of college football and really dive into this. So. Uh, excited for uh, another really good slate of games. I think maybe even a better slate than last week. Uh, we'll start it off on Friday night. Not the best records, but still a big game and the first game of Big East play for both these teams. It's going to be a, an interesting battle, I think. That's on Friday night with Creighton at 6-5. and five. I think you make an argument. Other than North Carolina, they might be the most disappointing team in the country so far. At Marquette, who's 8-3. and three. 8.30 on FS1. Haslam has a projected score of 79.74. So we're going to set the line at Marquette minus 4.5 over under 152.5. And like we just did last episode, all these are projections and uh, lines we have from HaslamMetrics.com because some of the, the lines aren't out yet. So what are your thoughts on this matchup, Joe? Um, I have Creighton winning this game, 71.67, you know, This is going to be a big theme for you this week. This is like a back-against-the-wall type game. Like, Creighton needs a win. You know, this is a team that coming into the season was ranked really, really high. I think they were kind of a victim of their own tournament success, though. We kind of saw it with UCLA last year and even, you know, North Carolina more than anyone this year. Um, You know, they battled Kansas in the round of 32 pretty closely. And so everyone thought, ooh, they're getting almost their whole team back. Let's have them, you know, they're going to be a top-10 team next year. When that's not the case. They were, you know, a average to a slightly above average team last year for a reason. Um, and, you know, Creighton, I believe they've lost five straight. Like they started 6-0, and now they're on a five-game skid. Going to Marquette, this is a big chance for Creighton to pick up a pretty big win because Marquette, you know, is 8-3, and three, even if they haven't, you know, besides Baylor, they haven't really impressed, you know, have any impressive wins. Um, so that being said, I think Creighton's going to bounce back here, get a pretty solid win and set themselves up to uh, make a run in Big East play and still stay relevant in the uh, tournament discussion, stay off the bubble. I'm going to take Creighton here as well. It'd be a big win at a Marquette team that I believe was picked to finish ninth in the Big East. They've impressed out of the gates. But turning the, sl- the corner now into the Big East slate, um, I like Creighton started off with a win. I'm going to take him 80-75 to 75 here. Creighton plus 4.5, over 152.5 there. 
as you were saying, Joe, a bit of a desperation game for Creighton, a team that I was really high on coming into the year, a Final Four projected team in many people's eyes. Um, but if the tournament started today, I'm not even sure if they would be in. So good thing for them. This is the beginning of Biggie's play. I think it's time to kind of like turn a new leaf before we head into 2023. They have plenty of time left to right the ship. They could still win the Big East. They're going to have to compete with some good teams there at the top. But your your non-league record doesn't matter once you get the Big East play. It's, a, it's basically a, a new kind of slate for you. So I think Creighton writes the ship, finds a way to go get a big win here and get some momentum and confidence building into the conference play. So Creighton plus four and a half over 152 and a half there. Now we transition to Saturday. We have a great game. Props to these two teams for schedule in this one. Neutrals are not even a neutral site on the road at Kansas. I assume it's a home and home. But number 14, Indiana at eight and two at number eight, Kansas nine and one. 12 o'clock tip on ESPN two. Projected score on Haslam of 76-69 Kansas. So we'll go Kansas minus six and a half and over under 144 and a half there. So I am going to take Kansas here, 83 to 75. So they would cover the hypothetical spread of six and a half, and then it'd be over 144 and a half. Um, I think Indiana kind of got a little bit of a wake-up call when they played Arizona uh, a couple days ago, or maybe even be last week. You know, we're filming on Thursday, so I'm a little bit off of my days. Um, you know, Kansas's guard play, I think, is going to be the key here over Indiana. Indiana has the bigs to keep up with anyone in the country. Um, and I really do like this Indiana team. I think they're going to, you know, have a pretty solid year in the Big Ten, you know, and depending on how they draw the tournament, I think they can go, you know, be a second weekend team, but I don't think they're going to be really making like a Final Four run. You know, I don't see that for this team, especially, I just think anything better than a first four is an improvement from last year. I mean, you know, this is an Indiana team that we've seen for years kind of start hot and falter late. You know, I think that kind of happened last year. You know, I think if Indiana can use these two games, you know, with this Kansas game and Arizona kind of as building blocks and just like, you know, good lessons going into Big Ten play. I think this is going to be an Indiana team that might not be expected to go far, but it's going to kind of be like the cliche, like no one wants to play this team kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a believer in this era, this, excuse me, Indiana team. I like Kansas to win this game. I think it could be Kansas uh, and Indiana are pretty tight without, but I think Kansas is going to pull away at the end. That's why I got them winning 78-70 here. So Kansas minus 6.5, over 144.5. As I said, not the biggest believer in this Indiana team. I think they're another team that was kind of thrown into this upper echelon of elite teams, so to speak, to begin the year, when they really haven't proven much over the past few years. Sure, like creating some returning talent, but they haven't really done much damage and nothing really, really, nothing really to write home. So this is a Kansas team that I think they're final four good yet again. And they have guys who can hurt you in different ways. Dewan Harris, a really good, just pure point guard. Grady Dick, a really good shooter. Kevin McCullers doing a little bit of everything. They were getting some good post play last week in the Missouri game. This is a, a really great matchup, though. Two Bluebird programs should be a, a fun watch. Props to these two teams for scheduling it, like I said earlier. But I'm going to ride with Kansas here at home. Bill Self, pretty unbeatable inside Fog Allen Fieldhouse. So, uh, I, I like them to cover at the end as well. So I'm going to go Kansas minus six and a half and over 144 and a half there. Second game on Saturday, third game of the week, number four, Alabama, nine and one versus number 15, Gonzaga, eight and three. This is a neutral site game. It's being played in Birmingham, Alabama, though. So pro Alabama crowd, I think we could assume. One o'clock tip on CBS. Projected score on Haslam of 
79-77 Alabama. So we'll go Bama minus one and a half and over under 155 and a half. I think Bama is going to beat the Gonzaga pretty soundly here, 88 to 74. I just think this season is turning into, you know, Gonzaga it kind of has all their eggs in the Drew Timmy basket. And he's only going to go as far as, you know, or Gonzaga's only going to go as far as he takes them. And the problem is in today's game, it's tough when your only weapon is a big, because if you don't have elite guards, it's you know t- going to be tough to win. And that's kind of what Bama's been built on these past couple of years. Run and gun, although they've been a lot better at defense this year, you know, running run and gun. Nate Oates' practice, you know, got leaked where they have a four-point line, a three-point line, that a mid-range shot is only worth one point. Like, he is a coach that emphasizes, you know, t- you know, jacking them up and taking a lot of threes, as well, or taking smart shots, I should say, not necessarily just jacking up threes, but taking valuable shots. Um, and this Bama team, I said this last week when they were on the show, if they're hitting, they are tough to stop. And, you know, the only team that's beaten them this year is UConn. Um, this is going to be a big win for Bama that can really put them in the conversation of a one seed going into SEC play. Um, and this is going to be the game, though, I will say the theme of a lot of my picks this week is like teams with their backs up against the wall. Gonzaga, in terms uh, – their backs are up against the wall, but in terms of getting a top one or two seed, if they win this game, they put themselves in that conversation. But if they lose this game, you might see on Selection Sunday Gonzaga as like a five seed because they really don't have a, a really, really solid win to build upon, especially with West Coast Conference play where really you're only getting one or two quad one opportunities in the entirety of your conference season. So big game for Gonzaga. I guess don't, they're playing a basically a road game here. So I just don't uh, see them winning this game. I think if Gonzaga did wind up getting like a three, four or five, that would actually probably benefit them. Just have kind of less pressure on themselves as I feel like when they're this one seed all these years, it's like, all right, are they finally going to do it? Are they finally going to do it? I feel like it wouldn't be as much pressure. And I feel like in those, like, one seed games, you're, you tend to get, like, a really tough 8-9 team, like a really talented squad that might have just, like, underperformed and sometimes are even, like, more talented than Gonzaga. So maybe a seeding difference wouldn't be the worst thing for them. I actually have them winning this one, 78-75. So Gonzaga plus one and a half, and uh, I believe that is under the 155 and a half right there. Um Hats off to Alabama, though, as you were saying, Joe, really have changed their identity from a team that solely rely on kind of outscoring you at a, at a high level. It's a team that can now still score and defend at a really high level. So as we talk about in football all the time, showing ways to beat teams in a different fashion kind of each and every week is a mark to me of a really good team. Freshman Brandon Miller has been special for them and is looking like a pure one-and-done prospect. And this game being at a neutral site in Birmingham, it's going to be a, a tough task for Gonzaga. But I think I'm actually going with Gonzaga here just because of, like you've been saying, Joe, back against the wall. I think it's much more important to them. Alabama has the chance to still play in conference play. They get to play Tennessee. They get to play Arkansas. They get to play Auburn. They get to play all these good teams. This is Gonzaga's last marquee game on their schedule. And, and if they are going to want to get that one seed, Come March, this is a game that they need to win, and I think there's going to be like a huge emphasis on that this week. If they want to get back to that top of the top, this is where they, they need to find a find a big-time victory. So I'm going to take Gonzaga here. I think Bama is a little bit due for a loss after stringing together some really good performances the past few weeks. So give me Gonzaga 78, Alabama 75. All right, now we go to 
an American Athletic Conference ACC showdown. Number five, Houston at 8-0. At number two, Virginia, 10-1. Two o'clock on ESPN2. All right, we use Haslam and that because that's like a, a nice set, site with the metrics and the analytics, and it's also mostly all free. But they, I don't agree with this line, and I don't know if the book is go, the books are going to agree with this line either. I'd be really surprised if, if it is this. But they have a projected score on here of Houston 57, Virginia 50. So we would have to set the line at Houston minus 6.5 and, and the over under all the way down at 106.5. I know these are two really good defensive teams, maybe the two best defensive teams in the country, but 106.5, that's like a, like, it's like a JV game in high school, right? I don't know if I agree with this. And Houston being six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Virginia is pretty crazy to me as well. But intrigued to hear your thoughts on this game, Joe. Yeah, 106-and-a-half is a very low amount of points. I was at a Long Island high school girls basketball game where they scored more than 106-and-a-half points. Um, I feel like that's an insanely, insanely low line. Um, I would definitely take it way under then. Oh, yeah. So it's probably going to be like a 40 to 38 rock fight. But I would definitely hammer if this would be, you know, the spread, Virginia plus six and a half. I think Houston's going to win this game 59-57, which is funny because when I was making the predictions, I hadn't checked Haslam or anything. You didn't have the lines up. So I'm like, oh, you know, it'll probably be right around, you know, this like a 115 or a 120. 106 and a half is a very low number. Um, these are two teams like to play defense, and this is a Houston team. Here we go again with the backup against the wall. They lost to Alabama. That was a very, very huge game for them. If they lose this game to Virginia, you're going to kind of look at their schedule. Like, who have they really beaten going into American Conference play, kind of like Gonzaga, where you're going to have Memphis, but they don't play Memphis. I looked until, like, February 19th. That's the first time they play Memphis, and they play Memphis the last game of the season. So they're going to have to wait all the way until about February again to get a really solid, you know, tournament resume building game on their uh, schedule. Because outside of that, maybe, you know, UCF might end up being a tournament team, but you're not seeing that many, you know, tournament caliber teams coming out of the American Athletic this year. So this is a very big opportunity for Houston to kind of put a stamp um, on their resume against the Virginia team that, you know, I know they had the they won the main event where they beat Baylor and Illinois. Two good teams, don't get me wrong. Since then, they've kind of been iffy at best. Um, I do think that they're going to be in for a special season, though. Virginia, I just don't know if they're going to be able to, you know, compete with the preseason favorites to win the national title, according to all the books in the Houston Cougars. I'm going to take Houston in this one too, Joe. I'm going to take them 64-60 here over Virginia. So I like UVA plus six and a half there as well. And then the over one of six and a half, but it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if this game was, like you said, Joe, 40 to 38 or something. Um, kind of want to watch that game just to see how little scoring we, we could possibly get. If we could get like a 15-15 game and a half or something, that would just be funny. Like the sickos committee on Twitter would be – all over that. But two teams, very similar identities. They're going to play hard. They're going to play tough. And they're going to try to uh, out-tough you, really, is kind of their both of their mantras. Houston, I think, is a little bit tougher and has some more athletes on the team as well right now. So when you combine that with a UVA team that is obviously number two in the country, obviously a very good team, 
they don't have many studs on that roster though that are like a game changing type of player that can maybe take over the game. I think Marcus Sasser is that guy. I know he has, he struggled a bit this year, but I think he's going to step up and hit some big shots in this one. Um, as you touched on with Houston and, and not really having much more marquee games left on the schedule, this is a, a big opportunity for them if they want to be a one seed type team as well. Maybe this year they're like Gonzaga and they fill that one seed void from not one of these power five schools. So I'm going to go with Houston as well. I think it's going to be a really good, as we said, physical, low-scoring type game, but going to take the over of 106 and a half there. Uh, but give us, give me Houston 64, UVA 60. All right, now we go to the CBS Sports Classic, a cool event every year, doubleheader here. We have UNC at 7-4 and four versus number 23, Ohio State, who's 7-2, neutral site game, 3 o'clock on CBS. I believe this is at the Garden or the Barclays Center. Uh, but projected score of Ohio State 77-74 on Haslam. We have Ohio State minus 2.5 over under 150.5. It's funny the difference a year makes, Coil. I believe we were doing this show exactly a year ago during COVID still. And I believe they – Ohio State and UCLA backed out, so it ended up being like Kentucky, North Carolina in the same open. event, but they only did like a one-off game. Um, it's just funny the difference a year makes now. We have the doubleheader, you know, back to normal. Um, I have Ohio State, though, winning this game 78-74. I just, I just don't think this North Carolina team was deserving of the number one preseason ranking, which I think in a way was almost unfair to them because now, you know, that they're they're 7-4. and four, They're off to a solid start, you know, um, but people are judging them based off of your, you were the preseason team. You were the favorite. You're coming off a national title game loss. You're returning a lot of guys. There's a reason why, kind of like with Creighton, North Carolina, I believe was a nine. They were a nine, right? Or mm-hmm. were they an eight? They were eight a nine. nine. There's, they were in that game. So they were, there's a reason why they were an eight or a nine seed for a reason. I think they're, you know, they are still very much in play for a top three seed, you know, with the ACC schedule coming up. Um, that being said, I see Ohio State's a little bit better here. Um, neutral site game. And I believe this game is out in Vegas. No, I think it's at um, I think it's either at the Garden or Barclays because I know that's why UCLA flew out here to play Maryland because they're going to be out on the East Coast. Oh, then never mind. I was going to say because in Vegas, it was in Vegas before. So then you're going to probably have a pro UNC crowd. Okay, so all that all my analysis goes out the window. But um, all right, well, give me Ohio State seventy-eight seventy-four. We'll see how this pick looks in a couple of days. I'm going to go with North Carolina here. I might just. Those uh, maybe UNC truthers, I guess, where I just feel like eventually they're going to flip the script. Um, I think they have to flip it at some point, and I'm going to go with maybe this game to be that game. Too much talent. We saw what they could be last year. I know last year was last year, but still, return the bulk of that team. That good basketball team is still in there somewhere. I think the Buckeyes might be getting might be a little bit overhyped right now as well. They are a crazy buzzer beater away from being a three-loss team with the loss to Rutgers as well. So would be a big victory here for North Carolina to get some confidence going, as I said, with at the beginning with Creighton, kind of as you're going into conference play or going into the holidays, get like a big win. This is like one of those games where you can kind of go back feeling really good about getting a win over a ranked team in the non-conference. So I'm going to take UNC 81, Ohio State 75. So UNC plus two and a half over 150 and a half there. Second game of the CBS Sports Classic, we have number 16, UCLA, 9-2 versus number 13, Kentucky, 7-2, 5-15 on CBS. Projected score on Haslam of 
71 to 64 UCLA winning. So we'll go UCLA minus six and a half over under 134 and a half there. I think this Kentucky team is going to be on a mission this season. They have been playing all off season for now, you know, murmurs of, you know, Calipari, you know, he has the one ring at Kentucky. St. Peter's beats him last year. Kentucky has a lot of, you know, history of losing these very surprising games in the tournament lately. Kentucky is going to play pissed off. Shibwe is going to lead the Wildcats. I think this is going to be a game where Kentucky is going to be in complete control. I think UCLA is going to be riding a little bit too high after beating a Maryland team that turns out might have been a bit overrated. Um, even though I agree they shouldn't have played that game on an NFL Sunday. Was that the game on NFL or was that Tennessee? That was that was the on that was the Tennessee game Sunday last night they played UCLA. It was last night, okay. Yeah, this is uh beating a Maryland team, I think might be just a tad bit overrated. You know, riding high coming into this one. Um I think Kentucky's gonna punch UCLA in the mouth. Gonna kind of be a little bit of a wake up call for the Bruins, but I mean they're going back to the Pac twelve where Pac twelve with you know a lot of their non conference performances looks like it is not the uh, best conference in America it might be a three, four bid league, kind of like how we were talking about back freshman year. Um, so give me the Wildcats here, 84 79. So I have uh, Kentucky covering six and a half. I'm taking the over 134 and a half. I'll go with UCLA here. So CBS Sports Classic, we have our, our picks flipped. They were humming last night against Maryland. I, I tuned into that, not the whole thing, but for, for what I saw, they looked really good and the defense was much improved. That was kind of the main bugaboo i think that was people were kind of harping on for this team at the beginning of the season and the confidence seems to be and, and the momentum season seems to be rolling right now for this team winning six in a row after they struggled against baylor and virginia out in vegas earlier in the season i think that they've kind of found their footing ucla's top two scores last night though against maryland were jalen clark and david singleton they combined for 37 points those are like probably options you know three and four normally on that team behind Hawkes and Tiger Campbell, and then you throw in freshman Amari Bailey, who hasn't really got going yet either. If he's able to get going, watch out. Um, if that duo, though, of Clark and Singleton can combine to average about 30 points per game to go along with the contributions from everyone else, they're going to be really hard to stop. I like them to keep it rolling here and beat this Kentucky team pretty big. So 74-65, UCLA minus 6.5, over 134.5 there. All right, uh, an unranked game here, but still a pretty big matchup. You got – Texas A&M at six and three at Memphis eight and three seven o'clock on ESPNU projected score on Haslam of 78 66 Memphis winning. So we'll go Memphis minus seven and a half over under 143 and a half. I want to take Memphis here. <coughs> Excuse me. 83 to 69. Uh, I just don't think A&M is that good. I really don't. I think they're kind of a very similar how they were last year where, you know, they're going to be sitting right along the bubble. I think Memphis is going to be, you know, around an uh, 8-9 seed this year going into the tournament. And this is a solid win, a uh, good opportunity for Memphis here. I haven't, like, really gone into my details yet of whether it would be, like, a quad two or whatever. But, I mean, you know, you get a chance to go two out of three against Auburn, Bama, and AM. You take it, you know, every day of the week. Um, this is a Memphis team in a very similar situation to Houston where if Memphis loses this game, they're looking at a long road until they can pick up a quality game with Houston right now, you know, like I said, there's not a lot of teams in the American outside of maybe, you know, UCF who's off to a pretty solid start. Yeah. They beat That's going to be making. Yeah. They, I think they were up. Weren't they like 21, nothing on Ole Miss last night? Uh, I don't, I didn't say that, but 
I saw on Twitter they started, they were up big. They cruised against Ole Miss last night, I believe. So mm-hmm. UCF, you know, might be in the conversation. And then maybe, you know, there's always like that fourth team in the American that you'll see all of a sudden in March pop up on the bubble. Um, but, you know, this is a big game for Memphis, kind of the theme of the week. It's like a loser leaves town or like a statement, you know, weekend. So give me Memphis here in a pretty convincing way. I believe Penny Hardaway wants to get uh, the Tigers into the tournament. I'll go A&M here, winning on the road 65-60. So A&M plus 7.5, under 143.5 here. I just think it's been a long and hard week here for Memphis. Third straight game, as we touched on, in against an SEC opponent. And they've been traveling. They went to – and not crazy travel, but still. They went to Georgia last weekend for the neutral site game versus Auburn. Earlier this week, they played Alabama. Now they're flying back home. they just been – I feel like it's just been a long week and no, like, really like cupcakes – games in there three straight sec games i think that kind of wears them out a little bit and i think AM matches up well against them physically this is a team that's tough and rugged and i think the tigers are like i said just a little bit worn out at, at the moment that lost alabama the other night they were in it for most of the game that's one of those tired legs type games where you're it's going to be not hard to bounce back from it but you feel like you were there you had a good shot they might not bring their full motivation for this one so I like AM to, to find a way to win this one. I think they need a resume boosting win too. And going to Memphis, which probably by year's end, that'll be considered, they'll be like a quad one team winning on the road. I think that would be a good win to go on top of whatever else they get done in SEC play. So give me AM over the uh, the Tigers here. So AM plus seven and a half and under 143 and a half. <clears throat> All right, three games left. We go to Saturday night now with number three, UConn. Uh, 11 and 0 at Butler, 8 and 3, 7 o'clock on FS1. Projected score of 76-65 UConn. So UConn minus 10 and a half over under 140 and a half. Uh, UConn Joe sitting at number one in, in most of these metrics now. I mean, I was expecting us to be pretty solid this year. I was not expecting this. You know, we're sitting here in 11 and 0 and have just looked utterly dominant. Like I know, you know, at the end of the season, they're not going to be looking at teams covering the spread in terms of like the resumes but UConn is 10 and 1 against the spread so far their only loss was they were favored by 20 and a half against Buffalo and they won by 20 points um so if the spread is 10 and a half you know I picked UConn here 83 76 just because you know big east opener going on the road you know and UConn is one of those teams where you know every fan base is going to give them their best so it's going to be a pretty packed house uh and Butler's eight and three Butler is a pretty, you know, solid start. And if Butler can pull off the upset here, that would be huge for their, you know, tournament hopes this season. Um, especially in a Big East where outside of UConn, there really, there's a lot of, you know, question marks and, you know, who really is the second, third, you know, best teams, you know, we'll see as the, you know, season goes on. But I think this is going to be a pretty good benchmark for UConn. If they can, if the spread ends up being 10 and a half, I'm going to take UConn spread regardless, even though I'm not picking it right now. Um, but I just think UConn's going to be able to handle Butler pretty easily. I mean, they've now I'm saying they're going to probably lose, but they've looked pretty hard to stop. I'm not going to say unstoppable, but they have a lot of weapons that uh, definitely keeps teams up at night when you're thinking about ways to scheme around and beat them. Yeah, this is a huge weekend for the Big East, I think, and like some really good matchups to start it off. I mean, you can have eight and three Butler and eight and three Marquette, two teams that were projected towards more towards the bottom of the Big East, go to nine and three and one and zero in the Big East. Um, 
I think maybe uh, I know you as a UConn fan don't want this, but as a, just a big East fan in general, I think it might even be better if Butler finds a way to beat UConn. Cause I don't know how many teams the conference is going to be getting in right now. UConn will get in. Uh, I think Villanova by season's end will turn around. And now with Kim Whitmore in the lineup, they've been looking a lot better. St. John's has been off to a pretty good start Providence, but there's no real other than UConn. I think like top 10, top 15 teams, it's going to be a bunch of like, muddy teams around like that seven to 11 range when it comes to seeding time. So this is a, a big weekend to start off the biggie season though. I like UConn to win and to cover. I'll take them 80 to 68. So UConn minus 10 and a half over 140 and a half. They've just been, I think start to finish so far the best team in college basketball this year. They, they've shown multiple ways to beat you two really good big men to go along with guards and wings and just a little bit of everything. This is a, a really good program right now. And, and traveling to Butler, that is is a hard place to go in and play. The Hinkle Magic, as they call it there, they're known for pulling off some upsets. So I wouldn't be surprised to see an upset get pulled there. But uh, I'm going to ride with UConn in this one. I'll take them 80 to 68. So they cover the 10 and a half and over 140 and a half. Saturday night, back-to-back weeks, Arizona testing themselves with was a really good Saturday night game. Got number six, Tennessee at nine and one, traveling to Arizona for this one, who's number nine in the country at nine and one, 1030 on ESPN2. Projected score on Haslam, they usually have the decimal points in there, but I usually just kind of round up to the normal numbers. But their projected score for this one <coughs> is Arizona 70.15 to Tennessee 70.11. So about as even as it gets there in the metrics. So we'll set the line at Arizona minus the half a point and over under 139 and a half. I'm going to have to disagree with Haslam here. I think Arizona is going to win uh, 93-85. I just think their their guards are just way too much to handle. Arizona might be the most equipped team to win a national title because, like I've been saying a lot in this this episode, all about guard play. They have the guard play. They have the athletes to win in a single, you know, win or die situation. Um, and I just can't pick Tennessee. I refuse to do it. I refuse to pick Tennessee. So give me Arizona here. I'm taking Arizona too, 80 to 70 in this one. So Arizona minus a half and over 139 and a half. You got the over hitting there too, Joe. Um, as you're saying, I think this is a really, really good team. They really impressed me last week coming home from the Army Navy game, getting the chance to tune in and watch Arizona versus Indiana. That was what I watched. They've just been awesome all year and that offense is just scary and combine that with, with some pretty good defensive play at times as well. It, it's going to be hard to stop. So I like Arizona to win this one and win it pretty convincingly being at home in college basketball is freaking huge. Love Arizona this weekend. Uh, they, they continue to roll and move to 10 and one in my eyes. All right. And last game of the weekend on Sunday, one Sunday game, number 19 Auburn at nine and one at USC, who's eight and three, five thirty on ESPN. Projected score on Haslam, 69-67. Auburn gets the victory, so Auburn minus 2.5. We'll set it that and over under 135.5. One of those games, Coyle, for me, it's a complete toss-up. I originally typed in Auburn winning. Then I flipped to USC. Then right before the show started, I flipped back to Auburn. I have Auburn winning this game 77-75. I think both of these teams just are, like, good, not great. I feel like both – this is, like – Kind of like uh, how Texas A&M Memphis is going to be a pretty, you know, big game for them. Um, if Auburn loses this game, I, I think this is a little bit more important for them. Going on the road, going into a very, very tough SEC 
where I believe they're going to have to play Bama twice. I think they play Kentucky twice. You know, you're playing some elite, elite schools, and there's not a lot of breaks, you know, in their schedule. I think Auburn really needs this win going on the road, and I believe, like, quad one is road win up to, like, the 75th-ranked team in the net. So I would assume USC is in that. So I think this, you know, is a quad one opportunity for Auburn here. Could really kind of give them a little bit of like breathing room going into the SEC, where you know they could finish, they could afford to finish like maybe ten and do they play twenty games in the SEC now? I believe so. Like a twelve and eight, eleven and nine, and still be pretty comfortably into the um, tournament. Um, so give me Auburn here. Not a lot of analysis on this game. I haven't really watched these two teams that much this year. Um, I just don't think USC is that good. You know, they still have the stink for me. They lost on opening night, got killed by Florida Gulf Coast. Um, so give me Auburn. I'll give USC in this one to switch it up for the last pick of the weekend. I'll take him 70 to 67. I just think Auburn's fraudulent. I was really high on Memphis over them last week, and Memphis took care of them on a neutral site. I think they're gonna they're a team that's going to get exposed in SEC play, maybe be like a 500 team come SEC time. As we've talked about a lot throughout the – not just this show, but – out of all our shows over the past few years, you need good guards in college basketball, and they have average guards at best in my eyes, especially in the SEC. Their guards are going to rank near the, the bottom of the pack. So USC, I think, needs a win here for a struggling Pac-12, as always. But I think the Trojans pulling off a win over an SEC team at home here would be a nice resume-boosting win for a team that might not really get many more opportunities to get like, good, high-quality wins in a pretty crappy Pac-12, as always. So... USC finds a way to get a win here at home, 70 to 67. So we'll go with um, USC plus two and a half and over 135 and a half there. But that will do it for college basketball top 10 games of the weekend. Um, Really good slate. I'm really excited to sit down and kind of watch it this week. But any last second comments before we head out, Joe, and then uh, transition into our next show, which won't be till 2023. Pretty crazy to say that. It is crazy to say that. Um, well, we'll see you. You know, everyone enjoy your holiday, enjoy the new year, and uh, we'll see you in 2023. All right. Well, that'll do it for the episode for this week. We will be back with our show for uh, the 29th, I believe it is, right around there. I think it'll be the next Thursday. So transition into 2023 for that weekend, and then our college football playoff show coming up as well. But as always, have fun, stay safe, and we'll talk next week.